guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are jumping into episode 307. Um, season 3 just continues to yeah. impress and entertain. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. The last ones that we've had have been, they've all been really, really good episodes to watch, but um, there's just something different to each one of them, and I feel like this one went more like, a little bit more emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been kind of cerebral and we've been very fun and lighthearted. And so this one went emotional again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it did. It, it definitely went, took the uh, the um, emotional turn. And um, for some reason, like, I, I felt I needed that. The yeah. other ones, yeah, like you said, the other ones kind of like lighthearted and fun. They soften you up first. To, to break you down. Yeah, you know, like, like they're hitting on different, yeah, on all my emotions eventually. <laughs> yeah. But they're, yeah, spreading it out over the episodes. Absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like for the most part, they know exactly when to turn it and when to go in a different, yeah. different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump on in to 307. So we start out and Brian is at home with a fella there. And uh, <laughs> they are watching a courtroom drama that's a bit racy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little Perry Mason, rated expert. Yeah. You know, I made a comment on that episode when he went to the the fundraiser event for Stockwell and he was in the bathroom with the guy. And I was uh-huh. like, eh, I'm kind of like, I didn't need that episode, that scene. Same, th- but, same difference in this? Well, no, no, no. But I thought about it again. And it was actually a comment that you made. I didn't put it in the episode. I think it got cut out. But it was a comment that you made. And one of our listeners said the same thing. And it was basically like that's just brian being brian and that's mm-hmm. just showing that brian's back and so really at this point it's like brian's sex life is as much a part of who he is as his professional life mm-hmm. is and so even though it can seem gratuitous i think that having scenes like this with brian that seem like they have no meaning it's that is the meaning this is he has he's a very sex. Yeah. he's a very sexually charged mm-hmm. person and so of course we're going to see him having random sex all the time so true <laughs> yeah yeah, it just it goes into who it just goes into the character makeup of actually who Brian is, and that's why I asked that last um that on that, that episode. And this one, I didn't feel like um I didn't feel I didn't get that feeling on like we agreed on yeah, that one, uh-huh. but this one I didn't get that like it was much needed. In the past, Brian was sad. Now I feel like he's back on top, so I love seeing him. You know, with his little tricks. I, I don't yeah, know, like it's yeah, a he's vibe. got his feet back under mm-hmm. him now, and so yeah, I think that's what it is. Just kind of showing. All right, we're back to Brian being Brian. And that's not a bad thing, necessarily. Usually when people say that, that's a bit of a veiled insult. But um, it's not necessarily a bad thing that we're just seeing him be him. Because that does show that he's progressing and moving through... His hurt. The, yeah, his hurt and the mm-hmm. emotions of the breakup. Yeah. But anyway. So then we go to a real courtroom. And uh, Ted and Mel are there. Last episode, Ted was picked up for employing a minor at a porn studio very illegal because uh minors and sex workers in the internet like not a good not not a good good combination Mm -mm. Mm -mm. well his bail is being set at one hundred thousand dollars and i agree with mel that is unduly harsh yes absolutely he didn't know this kid was a minor and we've seen how persnickety ted is so you know he would have been checking ids and things like that so if anything ed Eddie needs to be standing next to him facing some kind of punishment, I, know. I feel like. Some type of affidavit should have been filled out. Some type of, something <laughs> from Eddie's camp should have come over and, and tried to assist Ted yeah. in any way. You know, somebody like his parents, him personally, whoever. Somebody yeah, should have helped he him. he knows that he was deceiving Ted and everyone else yeah. there. The cops know they didn't find anything 
else other than that. Yeah. And that was like the last thing, last thing that you could ever check, period. So, I mean, mm, yeah, Eddie's wrong for that. Yeah, and Mel basically says the same thing. Like, Ted Ted has been a law-abiding citizen, and really that was, now that is a major thing, especially if you did it knowingly, but there was only that one thing. And even then, he wasn't knowingly subjecting that a minor to all of that. Uh, but yeah, look at you can just look at Ted and just see he is not taking any of this well. He looks scruffy and very yeah. unkempt. Just yeah, no, not yeah. handling it well. He's def- he looks heartbroken. He's yeah, like, like someone just stole his dog or something. The DA there says he makes a comment about this homosexual pornographic website not being a legitimate business. Well. OnlyFans and for our fans uh, and sites like that, I'm sure they would beg to differ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but I also love Emmett's little side comment there because he's here to support Ted. And he says, as if he's never been to a porn site. And so basically, you're saying it's only unlawful and in abominable because, yeah, it features gay men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, so a lot of hypocrisy there. But so side note, I've learned a lot about legitimate sex work. And like, that is a career and a profession that a lot of people choose because it's always painted in such a different light from what from what I knew of it. Right. And so that'll be a separate conversation that we have at some other point. Oh yeah, but, but I would love to have that conversation. Yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> well Mel is arguing that since Ted didn't do any of this knowingly, that they should maybe back off a bit. And at first I like this judge because she says that Ted has a right to operate his business, however unsavory the prosecutor finds it to be. But then she says she that, turns evil. Yeah, she's like this court will not tolerate the corruption of a minor, which I fully appreciate. But yeah. again, this was not totally on Ted. Now, yes, there's some additional checks that he probably could have and should have run, but Eddie might have already had that figured out and had a way to get around it. So. Absolutely. I mean, it's just a tricky spot because although we know that's going to be a hard case to prove, mm-hmm. you know, like how did you not know he's working here? And then 20 years ago, the stigma of being gay, if you're gay, you probably was a child molester. Right. So, you, yeah, that's what Brian's whole thing yeah. was with the nephew. Like, they readily oh, yeah. accepted. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, he's gay, he's a child molester. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, oh, Lord, it's just, no matter what he said, it, you know, it doesn't matter yeah, what he said or bad. evidence he presents. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's all around just a horrible, horrible look for him. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that the judge says that she will ensure that Ted is punished to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, well, then we see Ian and his possibly cheating a word is back in town and uh he is telling justin about his performance and that he was brilliant and and uh as he's describing everything justin is finishing his sentences but not in a romantic way (laughs) uh but he tells ian that he was there and he says he couldn't miss his debut so he borrowed daphne's car now listen daphne's little neon is always involved in justin's mess (laughs) like since season one yeah (laughs) that little blue neon yeah Push, all right? That's the whip right there. Yeah. Ethan asked Justin, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me you were there? And Justin says, well, I thought you would be upset. And then your agent was there. And, you know, they're supposed to be on the, the VDL, yeah, the very, very down <laughs> Yeah. And Ethan asks him what he saw. That sounds a little guilty to that, me. Right. Like, why yeah. would you, what did you see? Like, what should I have seen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What did you do? Exactly. You let me know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin says he saw him talking to his admirers and expe- says, especially this one cute guy, the one that uh, that you left with. Mm. And Ethan says, oh, well, that was just a music student. He wanted to pick my brain and talk about grad school. Boy. And, yeah. Justin asks, is that all? And Ian says, yes. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't even think that guy's gay. And uh, he points out that Justin sounds jealous, but I, I think he finds that flattering. You yeah. Know, kinda, it, like, uh, like you, oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, it strokes his ego yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, well, Justin says, well, I remember another young admirer coming to you after a show and telling him how amazing he was. And the rest of that is this unfortunate history that we've been watching unfold that since part. season two. Okay. <laughs> but, um, anyway, uh, well, Ethan tells him that, you know, fans and flirting and flattery, that's all part of this deal. Like, they knew that was going to come with Ethan going out and mm-hmm. trying to be successful. But he tells Justin, you're the only one I love and the only one I play for. And clearly Justin needed that reassurance, but I don't think it's just because he's questioning Ethan's mother. That's I think what he wants. It, that is what he wants. And I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of like everything about this relationship. I think Justin is maybe subtly or subconsciously trying to convince himself that this is legit and right and what he wants. Yeah, exactly. He's tra- he wants he wants to create this fantasy of everything yeah. that Brian did not give him. So this fantasy has to become real. Or right. everything Brian didn't say. Because I think Brian might not have said those things that, that that Ian is saying. But his actions showed those things. Right. And know? so he was getting a lot of feelings yeah. from Brian. But yeah. And so I think I think you're exactly right. He's trying to convince himself, oh yeah, I am getting that over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is why I left. I did make the right choice. And so I think that on some level, a part of him... Is still trying to trying to do that exactly. So over at Debbie, she is bursting into the bathroom while Vic is showering, and uh, she sees Ted there on the front page news. She's trying to tell Vic all about it, um, but he's in the shower, and so when he steps out, it is not Vic; it is Rodney. Ooh, showing all his stuff. Okay, yeah, okay, Uncle Vic, come on, got through. him a man. I'm proud that everybody's <laughs> booed up now. Now yeah. everybody is booed up. Wait, except well, for one. Not. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, but that's probably, you know, about what, yeah. Yeah, girl. Mm. <laughs> about what we should expect, yeah. That's right about right. Yeah, but anyway, I'm going to do a little shoulder shimmy for Uncle Vic because yeah. I'm happy that he that he's uh got somebody at least for the night or whatever. Exactly. I don't care how long it lasts, okay, Uncle Vic? You deserve that little booty call, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you spending the night and showering? Go ahead, Uncle Vic. Mm-hmm. He said we're getting ready for seconds, okay? <laughs> Brian and Stockwell are out in the streets, and clearly they're in the wrong part of town because all of the signs say Deacons for Mayor, and so we eventually see that they're on Liberty Avenue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stockwell says that the porn bust, the one that Ted is wrapped up in, got a lot of attention, and so he's like, oh yeah, this is great, this is good for my numbers in the polls, and uh, Stockwell asks Brian if he has any kids. And at first, for a minute, I thought Brian was going to say no or, like, deflect, but... uh, he says, yes, he has a son. And I'm sure if um You if know why he knew- said that. You <laughs> know why he said that. He said that to, to keep up this little facade yeah, of this try straight to be, acting life. Trying to be relatable. Because yeah. in, initially, well, I mean, Sockwell doesn't know explicitly that Brian is gay. And Brian has not said that to him, that he is. But, and- I mean, he has to feel something. I mean, Brian doesn't really give you a gay vibe, but, you know, I don't know. It's something... The arrogance on him, like the, the, <laughs> he has to know. But if you just see him in his work, you know, it's like a car salesman. They have to be whatever the client expects True. him to be to a True. certain extent, because you know Brian's gonna be Brian. But they only, if he has to go to the baseball game to win a client, he'll do that, or to the steakhouse to win a client, he'll do that. And so, because we've heard him say such things, you know, in season one for sure. And so, I don't think that he's necessarily hiding it, but I think it's like what he told Gardner, like. 
if I ain't with you, it's none of your business kind right. of thing. But anyway, so what I was saying is I think if Sockwell knew the details around Brian's one son, <laughs> he, might, he might have some objections to that. But he will be he'll be blown away. I yeah, I definitely think he would be uh, taken aback by that. Well, Sockwell says, I'm sure that you share every parent's concern that he might run across some porn site like the one Ted was running. Well, actually, Gus has probably seen more action and nudity just <laughs> just going to his daddy's loft. That part. Because his mama insists on showing up there unannounced when she knows that Brian entertains on the regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And you never know with Mel and them, too. They just always popping out a titty or something. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. And also, Ted is basically Gus's uncle. So, yeah. Anyway, Stockwell promises to make the city family friendly. And Brian is kind of finding out that he intends on keeping that promise. And, you know, Brian Kenny, I've been letting you make it with this whole thing and true he is looking like a fine piece of black licorice in this in this jet black get up in this scene but i really need to talk to him I girl think. he worked this scene the hair the shades the, <laughs> the, the gloves girl he yeah. worked he the, worked the black leather jacket As, i'm gonna tell y'all this man is two wheel dressed his, his swag is impeccable <laughs> stockwell has to know something okay yeah. like come on now this man oh he killed this thing but oh my god did you just say that you're gonna get on to mr kenny well you know i think that he obviously feels a way about what's happening with ted and then like what you that can mean on a larger scale for for his neighborhood, for his community, but he's not quite to the point to where he's ready to turn coat on Stockwell. Right. So his wheels are turning like, how can I make this work? You know? Well, yeah, I think I think it's it's almost getting too hot in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. He right now he can still function and he can still Yeah. Well I think he knows that he's he's the inside. You know, like he has that inside play. So whatever he whispers is it's gonna change the whole deal. You yeah. Know? But even with that, like, I don't know that he has this, like, grand scheme in mind to, like, ooh, I just need to get in so close and then I'll start to sway him and force him to do this. Like, right. I don't know. That I'm he- not trying to say of, of that grand scheme. I'm saying but of the situation now. Like, I mean, Stockwell is a job, you know? So, right. like, that's a job. So, clearly he wants to keep that account because he knows what that account can bring and everything. But now that his friend is looped in, he's still got to play neutral. He also got to live this, like, hidden life, like, hidden in plain sight life, mm-hmm. you know, with Stockwell, whatever the case. But at the same time, try to help his friend without ruining his business tactics and being exposed. Yeah. Like, no, so I, I think that this whole situation, now he, his will are turning like, oh, I know this is business. I know this is business. Yeah, I but think, I I think still, he is. Ha- like, yeah, he's having to replay that mm-hmm, for like, sure. This is business. This is business to keep him keep him going. But yeah, like you said, long story short. Sorry, I could have just said I agree. No, it's too hot in the kitchen. We, okay. we always have to do a long story, otherwise our podcast would be two minutes long. Right, it's true, it's so <laughs> yeah. true. Uh, well, the I'm gonna call them the Stockwellians. His uh two campaign people there. They uh they're like, look at this street. It's back rooms and bathhouses, a veritable breeding ground for STDs. And they, this is Brian's domain. Uh, He's there every night. Yeah. They all know him. <laughs> right. They, he, they're lucky that none of his little tricks are out and during the daylight. They're like vampires right. and shit. So. Because he's famous. <laughs> and so I think, again, it's Brian. I know that he's feeling some discomfort, but he's, he's masking it very well yeah. in front of them. Uh, Sockwell tells Brian that with his help, they will clean it up. And Brian gives a, a tight lip nod there. 
Um, and then Stockwell invites him to go play racquetball. You know, that grin that Stockwell is giving him, that really gives me, I'm trying to get my bi awakening on vibe. That's what I said. <laughs> come on. But yo, oh, come on now. I can feel it. It's something, it's something going on between these two. It's brewing. Like, I don't know. I can feel it a flirt. But I feel like Brian is holding back. All he has to do is just attack. You know, yeah, because I mean, Stockwell is looking ready. <laughs> he looking real. Uh, she ready, okay? <laughs> As Tiffany Haddish would say. But yeah, uh, yeah, he looking a whole ready, and I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> you seeing... wouldn't mind seeing it? No, not at all. You know, what I'm saying? I would love actually to see that. I have to admit, Stockwell does look like he's willing to risk it all, possibly. <laughs> that part, okay. <laughs> yeah. That part. Uh, well, some of the people on the street take notice of the fact that Brian Kenny, stud and star gay boy of Liberty Avenue, is fraternizing with the enemy. And uh, he notices that. He notices that he's being noticed. And, yeah, I think he's feeling a little bit of heat on the back of his neck. Oh, yeah. He's feeling it from everybody. Yeah. Uh, so then Michael and Ben are uh, making the beast with two backs. Okay. <laughs> so, listen. <laughs> Here's what I need you guys to do, our diners. I need y'all to send me some euphemisms that I can use. Because Ken will just say the word. Ken, what are they doing? Fucking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, knew, yeah. I knew you were going to say Yeah, that. they fucking. Okay. Uh, like. But I always have to come up with something ridiculous to, to say it. But um, because otherwise it will just make my cheeks way too red. But seriously, y'all. Uh, out of all the years we've been friends, I have never, <laughs> and I mean never, Heard a curse word out of her <laughs> mouth ever yeah. in my life. Uh, well, anyway, while they are up oh, fucking, <laughs> the condom breaks and Ben is trying to deal with that situation. And Michael tells him to keep going. Girl. Yeah. Um. And then this is following their last fight when Ben told Michael that sometimes he wishes that he was with someone who was positive. And so as this is going on, Michael is telling him, I don't care. And I'm not sure how consensual things are from this point. Yeah, uh, like, I know. I'm, like, Ben seems to be past the point of no return, and he never really says no, but he doesn't really sound he too comfortable. Yeah. And I don't think he is comfortable with doing that, but at the same time, like, he doesn't want to tell Michael no. I bet he's confused, like, what? Like, and he hasn't been able to and do that in, in forever. His, and then in his mind, he probably is thinking about what he said, like, oh, it would change some things if Michael yeah. was positive. And so, yeah, this is just... Ooh, I don't even feel equipped yeah. to really. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how to comment. I, you know yeah, uh, I don't on, feel on this scene. I just thought mm-hmm. it was it was really deep, and I could you could see that in this scene right here. It kind of made me realize that this is Michael's cry for help. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he needs some attention, but this time re- some real attention. And, and he is working really hard to try to understand Ben mm-hmm. or at least help him through this. Yeah. but. He's doing he's doing anything he can to keep right. his man. Right, and I so like, at some point it's like when helping hurts, you know. So when you're trying to help someone else becomes destructive for you and yep. for that person, and so ooh, I just yeah, I know my forehead is like all wrinkled up about this one because I don't even know what to say about about that. Yeah, so I'm, I, I I'm agree. gonna leave that alone for yeah. a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, Ben's moans of Michael's name turn into Debbie calling Michael's name and uh, trying to bring him back to planet Earth, and so. I was like, well, was he just dreaming? dreaming that? Maybe it was a daydream. Yeah, or maybe he was thinking, oh, you know, this is how I could become positive mm-hmm. or whatever. Or if that really happened, I'm not, I'm not sure. But anyway, I guess we can just go with. I don't know. What do we do? We want to go with that it happened or that it was a dream. I'm gonna go with that it happened. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I think that's what I'm gonna go with too. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. So anyway, Michael is sitting there in the diner looking a bit out of it. And Debbie points out that she hasn't seen Ben in a few days. And Michael says he's just busy with work stuff. And Debbie is suspicious, but she surprisingly lets that pass. Mostly because Vic walks in <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also, she probably knows how, she already knows the answer. It's going to get defensive because she's going to say it's a steroids. I mean, because Mike now that's sounds, right because she knows about she the knows, steroids. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. And um, also, Michael seems like he's in an abusive relationship. Although we know Ben's not putting his hands on right, him, right? But you know, he, or, those are you're right. The way he's covering up for him, mm-hmm, oh, no, making just, excuses for all him, these excuses. Yeah. Oh no, it just seems a little off. And then he looks sad mm-hmm. and um, and lonely. And like she said, she hasn't seen him. But I think mm. she let that go just because she already know how it was going to end. Right? She's not going to get anywhere. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you have to know when's the right time to talk to mm-hmm. Michael. And that was yeah, that's not the right time. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Vic comes in and we get a little bit more info on Rodney. They have gone out a few times and then he stayed the night, you know, the night before. And Vic has invited him over for a for dinner to meet Debbie. And Debbie wants Michael and Ben to come to come also. So they want him to meet the whole crew. Go, Absolutely. Yeah. Might as well. Just throw him in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a one stop shop. Yeah. Uh, well, Ted is home now from uh, out on bail, I guess. And they haven't moved out of Ted's apartment yet. And thank God for that. Because can you imagine going back to Sonny's neighborhood and so quickly after that whole fiasco with the, at the taco night? Like, how embarrassing. Yeah, I, I could never. Like, I don't ever want to see those people a day in my life. <laughs> yeah. If I like, saw them in the grocery store, I'll just leave. Like, yeah, I don't I'm ever... leaving full cart, yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. I could be next in the line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm walking nope. in. Leaving all my stuff. Yep. Leaving. Because you know Sonny coming right on up to you. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what did the cops say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll have another taco night so we can discuss this. Yeah. We'll let everyone. You can clear your name. Yeah. Well, get your ass. We have questions. Yeah. <laughs> no, ma'am. No. Uh, well, Ted gets a phone call from his mom and... After he was just thinking that she would never hear about what happened because she never reads the news. And he tells his mom it was just a misunderstanding. And the last time that we and possibly even Ted really dealt with his mom was when he OD'd at the hospital. And so Mm -hmm. she's probably thinking, what the heck is he doing? Yeah, like every time we yeah she gets involved, it's on some negative type shit. Yeah, and you know, we talked about that in season one, how she's probably still trying to come to terms with the fact that that Ted is gay because in that in season one she said, "Well, I wonder if this would have happened if he was with a woman." Mm-hmm. And so now we got the whole like that f- false and foolish assumption that all gay men are perverts, mm-hmm. and then here's this thing with a minor and him running running a porn website, and so it's just looking all yeah, wrong. Yeah, it is. Yeah, looking very wrong. Um, but he gets her off the phone, tells her to take her blood pressure medicine. And then he starts to kind of freak out a little bit, and justifiably so. Like, this article labels him as a gay porn king. Now, mind you, he is, like, probably small time. Right. (laughs) You know? Uh, But also, he is rightfully angry at Eddie for lying to him, knowing how hard he was working to follow the rules and the codes and all of that. As he should be. Yeah. And then he never imagined that Eddie would lie about that with his fake id there so he must have had a real good one though i mean like you can you can tell like you can feel it yeah the well you know one. well i don't remember what what ids were like then because i don't even know if i had oh one. yeah we didn't <laughs> have one no. no we didn't have one uh-uh Dang. so uh, yeah i don't know because you, i remember seeing some of the ones from like the late 90s and I don't know how, like, right. it was basically like a laminated piece of paper. Yeah, so. you're right back in there. It was so thin and little. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Melanie tells him that Stockwell wants to make an example out of him. And that's never what you want to hear, that you're going to be the person they make an example out of. And Ted says there may be someone who can put in a good word on his behalf. And Melanie and Emmett both are thinking, well, Brian. And Ted says, well, I'm a dead man. And I think it's a combination of him thinking that Brian doesn't care, but also knowing that this is business Brian. And business Brian doesn't let many things interfere with business, least of all Ted. So... Yeah, I think that's I, what... I'll be shaking in my boots. Yeah, okay? <laughs> if my fate depends... Because it depends on what mood Brian Yeah, is. but it's like, because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you know he cared for you, but at the same time, like, bruh, yeah. don't get between him and his coin and that's tr- because and career. Even if he cares about you, if Brian takes a stance on something... He takes that he's stance. He's taking that stance, yeah. So, yeah, I understand why, why Ted is nervous. Shaking, yeah. okay. <laughs> Uh, Justin is showing Michael some of his new drawings for the comic. They're working on the second um, the second issue. issue. And this is for a new character who is taking a secret potion that has warped his mind. And Michael says, uh, when he's looking at the drawing, he says, well, I didn't expect him to look so evil. And uh, he says, "Under you because know, underneath it all, he's still a good guy. Or he was, and he will be again whenever Zephyr blows some sense into his head. Pun intended, probably. Um, uh, well, it's clear that Michael is struggling with this. Like, he can't deny that the steroids are making Ben crazy and that they're starting to affect Michael as well. Yeah. Um, but, but it's Ben and he's a good guy and he wouldn't hurt anyone. And so Michael is justifying this to himself in large part because Ben has told him, no, this is fine. I'm doing this to keep me healthy. This is really adding to my life or whatever. So, but I think... Same for Brian. It's getting a little bit harder for Michael to convince himself that this is right. I mean, because Michael, he wants to believe it's right, but nothing right is happening, you know? Yeah. He's trying to do everything right, be nice, sweet, and he's getting shut down. He can't even have sex with you. You're choosing working out, literally, like, working out than, like, actual spending some time. Like, yeah. I mean, an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but, so, I mean, like, nothing right is going, although yeah. he wants to make this right. Well, then Ben walks in and he sees the draft of the new character for this for the second issue. And Justin tells him this is this villain that they're creating. And Michael says, well, no, he's a fallen hero. And Justin's like, uh, his name is Juice Pig. Uh. And I like this interaction because there it shows that there are at least two sides to this story. Yeah. Uh, and I'm landing somewhere in the middle, uh, sort of, because should Ben be taking something that can be super harmful and that's making it hard for him to control his temper and his actions? Uh, should he be losing himself in drugs and the gym and muscles to avoid his issues? Thank you. I'm going to go with no on no. that. <laughs> yeah. But I do understand the felt need to do something. And I can sympathize with all the stuff that he's going through. So I don't think he's a villain or necessarily a fallen hero. If if anything, I think he's just human. Yeah. And uh, he's struggling to find his way out of this little dark hole that he's gotten into. Um, Touche. I mean, I, I can't even say nothing about that. Like, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> everything you said. I concur. Well, Professor Bruckner is uh, smart, and he's playing it cool in front of Justin, but he knows He knows who, who the hell character. Juice Pig is. Yeah, he knows. Okay, because when they started describing him, you know, what well, you yeah. said, oh, he was a fallen angel. Oh, you said, but he was a monster. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and also, it made me think, like, is does Justin know who we call in Juice Pig? I don't, like, does I don't Justin think, even know about the steroids? The no, question. I don't think he does because they they don't really at this point all they're doing together is the comic book. Yeah, but thing. I'm talking about um Debbie knows. Now well, 
De- Debbie might for once be keeping her lips sealed on this deal. Because it's Michael's. Because it's Michael's business. Mm. Now, let it be anybody else's business. Let, <laughs> let it be Emmett on Steroids. That part, okay. <laughs> you know, like, everybody the daughter would know. Absolutely. But because this is Michael's business, she, yeah. Right. Keep it under wraps. Well, I, I hope somehow Justin kind of knows because this could be a messy moment. You understand? Know like, <laughs> this is him throwing him under the bus. Like, yeah, oh, Juice Pig is his name. Yeah. You, know? you said he was a monster. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. didn't you? You said that. Mm-hmm. In but fact, Ben, can... he look, I'm drawing him a little. Can you sit right there, Ben? I yeah. want to. You know, you kind of give me some inspiration for my yeah, for art real. here. <laughs> the way your eyes are glimmering at Michael right now, they look real evil. Yeah. Um, Michael says to Ben, he's a Jekyll and Hyde character. Sometimes he's charming and kind, and other times Justin says well, he's a monster. Uh, well, Ben strikes up a conversation with Justin. I think it's a little bit of a distraction, but I also appreciate that he does ask him a question about his own life. He mm-hmm. asks him a question about Ethan. Debbie has been spreading the news. See, there she goes, spreading the news that Ethan did well at the symphony. And uh, so I appreciate Ben taking an interest in Justin's life, even if it was just a distraction. Or maybe he was bringing up Ethan to kind of get under Michael's skin. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Who knows? But uh, he deflected very quickly. Yeah. But I also think that Ben does have a lot of respect for Justin. He sees him as his own man. He treats him like an adult. Like, he didn't meet Justin as a teenager. Well, not. He's still a teenager. He didn't meet him when he was in high school exactly. like the rest him. of them mm-hmm. did. Yeah. He met him living, like holding his own out there on Liberty Avenue. Okay. Yeah. Well, Justin does cut the Ethan talk in front of Michael, though. So he tries to be, I don't want to say respectful, but that's the only word I can think of right now. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of cut that conversation short. Well, Justin leaves and uh, Michael and Ben are left there. And they're like doing this little tense little conversation, acting like everything's okay. Michael tells Ben that Vic invited them to dinner to meet his new man. Well, actually, Debbie invited them to dinner, but okay. Right. <laughs> and Ben says that he and Roy are doing legs tomorrow night. And Michael's like, okay, well, can't you just do legs earlier? And Ben snaps back that he has to teach earlier. So, in other words, no. My thing is, boy, don't clap back on me because I'm trying to get you to come eat my family, okay? Yeah, well, even after that, Ben says he also needs to make some calls for Paul's memorial service. And Michael offers to help. And Ben says, no offense, but it's not your world. With a lot of aggression behind it. It's planning a funeral. I'm trying to help your dog ass, okay? Yeah. Or, or, don't be ungrateful and don't bite the hand that's feeding you because you living in my house, okay? <laughs> For real. You, you could get your evil ass out. Yeah, you know, I feel like in some ways Michael is really handling this well. In some ways, not in every way. But a lot of ways, but I in a lot of ways, he is. he is handling this well because I'm sorry to admit, but it would have been a screaming match in the apartment if that was me. Because you only got about one more time to raise your voice that at me. Well, no. So, but yeah, he is handling this surprisingly well. As far as that part, like not lashing back out at him for the most part. He doesn't do that. And I think he's not fighting back because he knows that deep down this really isn't Ben. This isn't the Ben that he's come to know and, and love. But even with that, he is loving him through this as best as he can and just kind of figuring it out as he's going along. But he's extending a lot of patience and grace to, to Ben. Yeah, I don't know if I had it in me. Yeah, like, me call neither. Me petty. Whatever. I I don't have it in Yeah. I'll put on my independent woman playlist. That's part, okay. <laughs> like, I don't need yours. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go in to check on the girls, and Melanie gets another another negative pregnancy test. And she's a little bit disappointed because she's used to nailing things on the first try. And it's a bit of a journey to try to get pregnant any kind of way, but definitely this way, too. And so... Especially she just had that procedure. and I think they, they showed that in the scene, and they made her say that. 
Because, I mean, I haven't seen her pregnancy, but I think she's going to have a terrible, she's going to be a terrible pregnant mom. She's going to have the worst, worst. Her feet going to swell instantly. She's going to be bedridden for the whole nine months. Like, I mean, she's going to get everything. Because she, like she said, she got to hit the nail on the head the first time. You've been too competitive. Yeah, she wants to com- She yeah. wants to perfect, uh, yeah, the yeah. whole pregnancy thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's going to be in labor for 36 hours. Yeah. Okay. Well, we do get a nice moment with the two of them. They are going through this waiting process for their next kid, and we see Melanie very sweetly willing their kid into existence. We haven't done a whole lot with the girls lately in these episodes, but this is a big life moment for them, and it's a waiting game, so, of course, it's not a whole lot of action yeah, no, to this storyline. You didn't need any. It was just seeing the love, and it felt so real. Yeah. The way that they were laying on top of each other and really believing, and... You didn't need a lot. You didn't need a lot of theatrics in that scene. It was, right. it was and, really tender and soft. And so. this is where they're at in life. They're yeah. at, they're planning for their second child. And so that's what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, we see Brian walking to his car and there's some guy running up on him. Well, it's Teddy in disguise. And <laughs> I think Brian was anticipating this visit from Ted in one form or another at some point. But he's still not going to start the conversation, even though he knows what it'll be about. Yeah. <laughs> He does tell Ted that he saw the paper and that he should sue them for using such a terrible picture. Oh, Brian. (laughs) Yeah, Ted asks him to put in a good word with Stockwell, and Brian says, sorry, no can do. So then Ted is literally begging him there in the street, and Brian says, well, I'm just the guy who does his television spots. I'm not the DA. And he's kind of excusing himself in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, technically, since this case is now with the DA, it has to go through all the legal channels and processes, so... Part of what Brian is saying is right, but Ted knows that there are string pullers in every branch and level of government and, <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff. And he tells Brian, when you have Stockwell's ear, he might listen to you. Um, but Brian's like, oh, no, that'll be crossing the bounds. And he pushes Ted away, telling him, you know, it's business. Like, I'm not getting involved in any of this because it's business. And I think even for Brian, he needs to keep it very clean cut like that. He is trying not to bridge those two worlds because I think if he does, even he won't be able, he wouldn't be able to do it. No, he wouldn't. I mean, he got to keep, like you said, it can't, the waters can't be muddied. Right. If they muddy the waters, I mean, like, he's out. I yeah, feel like. I'm only going to do yeah. business with Sockwell, and I'm only going to do yeah, my, my personal, I'll be business personal, Brian, yeah. uh-huh. I'll be normal Brian, uh-huh. and the two shall never meet. That part. Yeah. But I feel like he told, um, uh, before we get back into it, I feel like he told Ted that to make himself feel better, too. Also, to help him think that it's just business. Oh, I'm not the DA. Um, because he feels bad and he also, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he feels bad for helping Stockwell. So, I mean, yeah. he has to, you know. Yeah, just even on a personal note, yeah, just seeing a- like with the article, this is my club that yeah. I go to all the time and he's and using that for his benefit. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And this is, these are my streets that he's saying are just deplorable. And this is my friend who he's saying is a trash bag. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a rocking hard place. But he said that just so, you know, to make himself feel better. Yeah. So Daphne and Justin are out cheese sniffing. And uh, I like that we're seeing him spend more time with her. You know, outside of the Liberty Avenue gang, she really is all he has. True. Not including Ethan, but he didn't click with Ethan's phony friends. And so it's just these two again. But I think Daphne's really good for him because she really knows him. True. Um, and we only like saw her like once or twice, maybe three times in season two. Yeah, yeah, you know, there so. was definitely not enough Daphne yeah, in so. season two. So yeah, I love seeing that she's the person that he's turning to mm-hmm. now. And also, we know that she knows the whole ins and out of Brian's relationship with Justin. Yeah, so, and she's here for the start of this one as well. So 
I mean, it's like a, a, a clear perspective, you know, I feel right. like. Right, right, so. because she truly knows her friend. Like, yeah. she truly knows Justin, and she's always going to be looking out for for him, even mm-hmm. in ways where he's not looking out for himself. Because when you're in a relationship, I told y'all before, like... Love is blind. Love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they are shopping for a few things for this uh, charcuterie Justin is assembling to celebrate Ethan's performance, and y'all already know how Ken and I feel about a charcuterie. Because I was thinking, like, <laughs> damn, why can't I be there with them? I know, I love them. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Daphne, Daphne bites her tongue uh, when he makes the comment about celebrating Ethan, but you just know sis has a lot she wants to say about Girl, old Ian. She, boy, she always got a tongue ready, okay? Yeah. Well, Justin also wants to make amends for thinking that Ethan was cheating on him, and he says that's probably what he gets for being with Brian all the time. And Daphne chimes in with a correction. Brian did not mess around on you. He was always honest right from the start, and that's very true. True. And I love that she has his back, but I yeah. wonder how does that make Justin feel? Because, you know, some people be like, oh, you're my friend. You're supposed to ride for me. She keeps it 100. She doesn't care. You know, like, yeah. if it's right, it's right. Yeah. But I think, yeah. And I think that's what he know. He knows that Daphne is always for him and always mm-hmm. there for him. But part of that being for him is, no, you're, you're seeing that wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Vic and Michael are also here shopping. And Vic has got uh, sex and Rodney on the brain. <laughs> and, uh. Michael starts to complain a little bit to him about about what's going on with with Ben. And I am glad that he is having this conversation with Uncle Vic and not with Brian. Absolutely. Because I feel like that's a better... Yeah, because, I mean, Vic is going to give him some true advice. But Brian is going to give him some advice, but in the way that I don't think Michael will receive it right. Right. You know? And um, also, Michael and Brian are just it's too close. You know, like, um, Vic is his uncle, yes. But that connection, that relationship that Michael and Brian have, it's just, I don't know, it's... No, it's just a little bit it's yeah, a little off. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. Yeah. And I I I try not to compare all the time, but it's interesting to look at Daphne and Justin's friendship and then to look at Brian and Michael's friendship and just to see the two different types of best friends and how those dynamics work. Yeah. Anyway, uh back with Justin and Daphne, he tells her that he's actually surprised that he was jealous of the fact that Ethan could have been out with this other guy. And listen, I think that's a very significant red flag. Like he says, I guess it just proves how much I love him. And he's like, you know, and it's not just the sex. It's more romantic than that. And I'm thinking, Justin Taylor, are you in the grocery store smelling stinky cheeses and trying to convince yourself that you are in love with Ethan? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. he sounds, this is the first time I said Michael, I mean, um, Justin sounded very naive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he thinks just because you could have been jealous or you, you're tricking your own mind to forget what you saw. Right, you know? exactly. This man, I mean, he... Was chopping, I guess he's gonna have fans, bro. But I mean, come on now. You you can see that it was a little more than that. Yeah. You know yeah. It's a little more. And I think you're, what you said is like very key. He is convincing himself of these things, like, oh, I do really love him. Here's why. See, here's the proof. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't need it that way. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, he is very committed to, <laughs> to this. But yeah, Daphne ain't really listening or, or buying it. No. Uh, well, Michael, back with Michael and Uncle Vic, he is telling him about about some of his frustrations with uh with Ben and Vic isn't at all surprised. He's like, Yeah, that's that's roid rage. Yeah, of course those things are gonna happen. Why are you acting surprised yeah, by that? Because he named all that shit at the dinner table and told yeah. y'all what it was gonna be. And Michael says, Well I know and I know that I have to put up with it. And basically Vic is like, Yeah, this is what you chose to go along with this. So yeah. Yeah, that's, suck that's it what, up. That's yeah, what comes yeah. along with it. Yeah. You knew what to expect. I love that he doesn't lecture him, but he does shoot straight with him. And yeah. it's just like, okay, well if that's that's the path, if that's the path that you're comfortable with, 
if you like what you got, keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. He, <laughs> gave, he gave him some real shit, but also kept it pushing, kept it 100 with him. Yeah. So we see Brian in his office, and he's working on one of Stockwell's ads, and he gets a visit from Mrs. Ted Schmidt. <laughs> and it, it's not Ted's mom. It is uh, Emmett Honeycutt. Yes, babe. And Brian asks if Ted sent him to his office, and Emmett says that he doesn't know he's there. And Brian gets up and opens the door for Emmett to leave because he already knows what this conversation is going to be about. Right. And Brian is trying to maintain that this is just business thing. And the more he has to interact with his community or his friends over this issue, I think the harder it is for him to work to justify justify that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, well, Emmett says, you do realize that he could actually go to jail. Like, this is a really big deal. And Brian says, well, at least he'll get fucked regularly. Like, oh, uh, Brian. Well, Emmett says, I know that's part of, you know, you're just being sarcastic and trying to push things away with humor. But I also know that you, deep down, you really care about us. Like, I love this scene when he walks over to the door and shuts it. He's like, no, I'm not leaving. You're going to hear me. Mm -hmm. And he calls Brian out. And not in a way that embarrasses him or verbally beats him down. He calls out the true nature of Brian, really the true heart of Brian. And no one ever gives Brian that benefit that he has Exactly. Nobody acknowledges that part of him that he does, that he is a person with feelings. (laughs) No, They all... And deep down that he does care for y'all. Y'all know y'all feel that shit. Yeah, because otherwise he wouldn't stick around. He wouldn't sit there at the diner with y'all and listen to y'all talk about things if he didn't have at least some vague interest in what you've got going on. Thank you. Because you think he's having a hard time finding friends. Yeah. And so I love that that's the way that Emmett that Emmett goes about, you know, convincing him. And he says, I also know that you think Ted and I are just silly queens playing house and that it'll never work. And he says, you know, I thought the same thing, but Ted gives me love and respect and I want to give him something in return. He's like, this is why I'm doing this because I love him and I respect him. I love that he's not necessarily guilting Brian and saying you owe me, which is very, it's very interesting because he is confronting him by complimenting him. Yeah. And he's almost saying, like, don't show up for Ted because you owe him or shame on you if you don't. But show it's like, up because you know because, what's right yeah, and you love us, And too. you want to. Yeah. Like, we, I know there's a part of you that wants to do this for him. And you know that you can do it. Um, and so he's appealing to that part of, uh, of Brian. And, yeah, I think the, re- the gang would normally, like they all did before, they all expected him to be like, not my problem. I'm just doing my job. But uh, Emmett's not going to let his ego or that persona get in the way um Mm -hmm. he went to brian kenny the man his friend and was like hey please do this for ted help him yep so over at the grassies slash novotnies rodney is meeting the family sans ben but uh debbie and uh and michael are there and turns out Vic and rodney met at a pause men's group and Rodney says that he had been dating negative men for a while, and he says that it never works out with them. I said, ooh. Yeah, like, ooh, not, not the best time. Not the best time for that okay. conversation. Rodney, yeah. you know your audience, Rodney. Yeah, and he said they could never really understand what life was like for him. And he says, but being with Vic is different because there's no need to explain anything because this is something that they shared. And instead of it separating them, it brought them together. And so, yeah, Michael is, um, yeah, not loving that, I'm sure. I know. I mean, but I love that he didn't mean it in that way, but he was just speaking right. so candidly. He was just speaking so from the mm-hmm. heart and how, and it, it was, but it was a testament to Vic too. Like we're connected with this, but damn it, it just made Michael feel more isolated yeah. you know, from Ben. Yeah. Vic does chime in to say, you know, not all, cause he knows the whole situation yeah. and Vic chimes in to say, well, not all positive men feel that way about it, but I do think there's some validity to what Rodney is saying. Yeah. For some people that is a better choice and option yeah. for them. But Vic is like, hey, not everybody, not everybody feels that way, and that's okay too. 
And then so Rodney asks about Michael's status and Debbie says, well, no, he's not. He's negative, but his partner is positive. Telling everybody business. Yeah. What I say? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Michael says he does acknowledge that there are things that he will never understand, but he says it's not for lack of trying. And so that's, again, why Shade. I think that one. Well, no, that's why I think that one scene wasn't a dream. It's something right. that actually happened. True. But Yeah. Or he could have meant it as in, like, he wants to understand what's going through, but every attempt he makes is being shut down. Yeah, because that, there... Shade. There's that, too, yeah. That's where I was getting the shade from. Okay, I'm with you now. Like, he's throwing that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we see Brian and Stockwell playing racquetball, racket and uh, Brian is putting a whooping on him. <laughs> Why do I want them to have sex so bad? I don't know, but you really, really, really do. Like, every time I they're in a it. scene together, you're like, this is the one. This is hey, the one, right? This is the one. <laughs> I can feel it. I mean, come on. Let's just get it over with. Yeah. Make my day, damn it. <laughs> uh, well, Stockwell suggests that they check out the steam room, so they're getting, they're getting closer. Yes. They're getting closer. Uh, Jim says that he uh, asked them to move up Ted's trial in time for the election. So this is all a publicity stunt for him. Oh. This is a real a man's life. That's what, I was just and about to say And this is all about votes and politics for him. That's just a damn shame. It goes back to our conversation that we had before. Once you get in office, you don't give a damn about the people. Right. I mean, it's showing right now. He's letting Brian in on the secret. Right. You know, like, you're a scumbag, bro. He really is. A and hot when scumbag. He, when he brings it scumbag. up... <laughs> When he brings it up, Brian kind of looks away like, oh, my gosh, I cannot escape this. I can't yeah. get away. I'm trying to keep these worlds separate, and they keep colliding. I think it's hard for him to act like that's not happening when you're sitting right next to the cause of what's going on yeah. with, with Ted. And Jim wants to do a TV spot about this. Like, he really wants to blow this up and make this a big thing. And Brian is trying to convince him that the story is dead. He's like, oh, yeah, he's small Tom. He's, you know, small fish. That, that was yesterday's news. Everybody's over that. And Jim's like, okay, well, what, what, what do we do? And he says, you know, pick on someone your own size, basically, yeah, like no, go basically. after something else. Like, let's find yeah. something else to focus on. And, but in this, Brian finds a way to keep the client and his campaign thriving, but also save his save friendship. his friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's a win-win for for Brian because he definitely does have some vested interest in this personally, like what he wants for his career and for his life. He yeah. can get. From doing these things, like I might have to sell a little bit of my soul, but mm-hmm. it's on it's on loan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just on loan. Yeah, he's just billing him for time and expenses. Yeah, yes. but uh, but he's also found a way to help out his friend, and so for this one, for this situation, it looks like he made it out unscathed. So back at the shanty, Justin has spent all his coin on this wine and charcuterie for Ian, and they are toasting to all the Philharmonics. Yes. Uh, Ethan tells Justin that he was missing him while he was all alone in his hotel room, and he loves his beautiful lips and all this stuff. And Smooth as always. Yeah, smooth as always. They're having this nice little moment, and then there's a knock at the door. And it's a flower delivery guy, except he looks real familiar. And he ain't no damn delivery and guy. And then okay? I saw you at the concert. All in my man's face. <laughs> yeah. And he says that he wanted to see Ethan again, so he drove in. Why did you tell him where you live? That part. Cheating 101. Yeah. Ethan's the, <laughs> I, I, I paused the show, and I said, this is the dumbest motherfucker I know. <laughs> This is a dumb, bro. It's bad enough you didn't cheat it, but you didn't tell him where the house is. I mean, and we he, live together. I mean, one thing, li- if you lived alone, and he showed, 
But it was a one night stand. You in love? They had a rule where they didn't even tell them their names. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Justin and Brian. You telling this man where we live? That's hella disrespectful. Were you having a second relationship? Why does he know where you live yeah. after one night? Were y'all planning on re-upping at some yeah, point? Yeah, like, uh-uh. I mean, bro, you're dumb. You're dumb yeah. as hell. Yeah, uh-uh. Well, uh, so... He tells them, you know, once to see you, so I drove in, and Ethan says, well, well, you shouldn't have, so you should go. And the guy looks at Justin, he's like, hey, are you his roommate? And Justin's like, no, I'm his muse. Check. Allegedly. Okay. Uh, b- b- busted. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, so then Ben comes home from leg day. Leg day is so important. Do not skip leg day, guys. Nuh-uh, you better not. <laughs> and... And Michael is sitting there in the dark, and he tells Ben about Rodney and how they're both positive. And uh, Ben looks over at Michael, and he notices that he's sitting there with a needle in his hand, a used needle. And Ben kind of starts to panic. And this is a bit melodramatic, but I kind of love it. I love the acting in this scene, too. And I love how it's how it's done. Um, it's very intense. and um, It was too intense for me. Yeah, you were screaming and squirming and covering your eyes. Girl, and- <laughs> it was too much for yeah. me. Michael says, well, you, you've got all this stuff going on, like you're dealing with this anger and resentment because you can't have kids and you're scared because your partner died and you're having to push away the man you love because he doesn't understand you. And so he's kind of like throwing jabs, but also putting his heart out there. Yeah, he really is. And um, Michael makes a jab himself with this needle and and Ben's like, no, stop, don't do it. Stop. And then. Michael jumps up and says, no, you stop. Stop using this stuff. Stop hurting yourself and stop hurting us. And it's really great to see Michael stand up for not only himself, but for Ben also. It's like, no, you don't need this anymore. This is not doing for you what you think it's doing for you. Because he's been so passive. Oh, no, it's okay. No, he needs these things. He needs to do this for this. Oh, it's only because of this, this, and this. Making all those excuses. Right. Now he's fed up. Yeah, because like, like, he was strong in his choice. Yeah, it's like you building all these muscles and using these. Ser- none of it is addressing these issues that he brought up earlier. The issue about the kids, the issue about your about Paul dying, the issue about you feeling like I don't understand mm-hmm. you. None of that is being fixed by you self medicating with steroids. Nope. And so it's like what Vic said in the last episode. What's the real reason he's using it? It ain't about mm-hmm. preventing wasting. True. Yeah, because he's really running from his problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. This is basically an intervention that Michael stages for him. And yeah, good on you, Michael. I mean, he didn't have to like take it to the extreme of of terrifying him and me with that <laughs> needle. Because, you know, I have a needophobia. You, you know? do have so, a needophobia. Like, Girl, I don't know what that's called, but whatever. <laughs> you know, like I, I I can't even watch it on TV. Yeah. That was just too much for me. But I'm, I'm glad he, he broke through. Yeah. Uh, then we see Justin back at Ian's shanty and he is doing a number on those roses and he is calling Ethan out saying, you told me that you wanted to be with someone who only wanted to be with you. You said yep. you wanted someone you could be with forever. Just yep. basically all these things that you said. It turns out they were all lies. Yep. Uh, he says, Ethan throws out that line, I didn't want to hurt you. And Justin's yeah. like, oh, do better. Basic. <laughs> you know, try harder, do better. And then he says, well, I was covering for myself. I was alone. You weren't there. Oh, I Lord. missed you. It was Girl, one night. It was one night. Also, you didn't even give you didn't give me time to miss you, nor did you give yourself time to miss me, motherfucker. Girl, the yeah. concert was over. Justin is through the crowd looking. Was he not looking through the right. crowd? Mm-hmm. He see you. Yes, you was talking to your agent. Then you turned. Soon you turned, you immediately start talking to this dude because he walked up on you. 
you chopped it up close, okay? Chopped yeah. it up close. You could have scanned the room and looked for me or looked for anybody else. You didn't. You looked around all suspicious like, and then you headed on out the damn door. You understand? Yeah. So, no, you didn't miss me. Don't blame. Girl, did he just try to blame yes, me? Yeah, and that's what Justin said. Oh, so now it's my fault. Uh, like, oh, I wasn't there for you. It's my fault. And then the other thing, you brought this up when we were watching. It's not like Ethan was sitting in his hotel room girl. late at 2 in the morning and can't sleep. Oh, I'm so alone. I need to find somebody. I go down down the hall to get me some ice or whatever. And it And I see a guy right there. No, you didn't even get to be alone. You were just having all this praise lavished on you. Some some guy came up to you to flatter you, and then off you went with him. So he's insecure. You still lying. He's insecure. (laughs) He probably thought that while Justin's good-looking ass is gone, Brian gonna be booted up, (laughs) laid up somewhere, you know? So, you know, he's insecure, so he gonna go out there and do that shit. Yeah, and then he says... It was one stupid mistake. Look at how many times you forgave Brian. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't try to redirect. For one, keep his name out your motherfucking mouth. Yeah. Okay? Like, worry about us, not about him. Because, baby, you don't even com- You can't compete where you don't compare. Okay? <laughs> right. You cannot compete where you do not compare. Therefore, don't even it, don't even go nothing with a bruh. Yeah. I don't want to hear no bruh, brushes, none of that. Don't do none of that. Yeah. Well, Justin tells him, I never forgave Brian. I never had to because he never promised me anything. Check. But you did. And Randy Harrison is incredible in this scene because there's a there's hurt obviously and betrayal, but there's like so so much strength in him as there's well. There's some strength, but there's some shock, and also it's like I should have known this was gonna happen. Like it's almost like he's amused in a way too. Like yeah. I I had a feeling this was probably yeah. <laughs> you know probably gonna happen. Or but, Brian said this was gonna happen. You know yeah. he's feeling yeah. like really dumb. It's, you know what Brian said was true, and mm-hmm. what I what deep down I knew was true. All of those were empty words. All of those were lies and just things that he said because they sounded great. And I think in Ethan's mind, he does want a life that looks like that, but it's like... He doesn't know how to achieve it. No, and he's young. Yeah. And it's like, you're not being realistic. Not to say that you can't have some true and lasting love at that age, because I do think that there is someone who has a true and lasting love at that young age. But anyway, so... Um, I, yeah, I think it's like he's... Almost like playing house is what I think Ethan has been doing in his mind, now, whether he realizes it or not. He's exactly. been like playing house. I mean, because it, it feels good to know that you can come home, you have someone that's committed to you. But I think at that stage in the game, you have to be really focused. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he wants that life, but the temptations of of the youth is just is too much. Yeah. Especially with him getting all the praise now mm-hmm. and traveling. It was, it's only going to get worse. Right. And Justin's not supposed to be there. Yeah. So there's also that thing. Like, I don't have to worry about him being here because he's not even supposed to be yeah. here. So, yeah. Well, and that's why he went and turned up because he had no idea Justin was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The first time out, dude. Yeah. Dang. The first time out the gate, bro. Yeah. Like, come on now. Well, Justin takes his ring off and slams it down. It's like a whole lot of good that's doing. You know, it's supposed to be like a reminder that we're together even when we were apart. Yeah, right. Uh, well, Ethan's like, I need you. I don't know if I'll, I'll survive without you. And even if Justin is his muse, it's like, it seems like you only want me here because I'm inspiring your music, not just because I'm I'm me. Right. Um, and Justin tells him, you still have your music. It's the only thing you've ever loved. And, you know, really with this, I think it's the whole gaslighting thing that really bothers me the most. Like, you're trying to make Justin believe that he didn't see what he knows he saw. That part. And then he's like, no, the dude is here. He basically just confirmed it. You're like, well, Brian did. Yeah. <laughs> so, just yeah. A mess. Like, I mean, he just dug himself deep, deep, deep into a hole, though. That's all he did. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the cheating. I've heard some people say, and 
to an extent, I agree with it. That would it would have been interesting to see something else be the cause of the demise of their relationship, assuming that it is over at this point. Um, but I think it was already on the downhill slide, and I don't really mind the cheating being the choice for of the final straw. But there were some other other dynamics, like there was the manipulation and the having to hide in the closet, and just really just to not assimilating into Ethan's world. Well, and so there were lots of other things that could have been the tipping point, but I kind of think it's significant that it was the cheating because that was kind of the one key thing that was an issue with him and Brian, that not feeling significant mm-hmm. and not feeling like he had a place above everybody else in Brian's world. Uh, as far as like tricks are concerned and whatnot, not that the tricking itself was bothering him, but just like not feeling that significance and just feeling like another one of Brian's men. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think that there is some significance to it being cheating that's the reason that they broke up yeah I assuming agree. that they are broken up yeah, yeah no i agree i think like you said that was the one of the main reasons that he felt that ended them so this is what took them out because he felt like he wasn't getting that although brian wasn't telling him the things he needed to tell him he was showing him that like i mean he stayed true to all the rules brian never broke them at all right still has yeah still has not broken them at all so i mean he was showing him in his own way you know, and like all Ethan did was gave him those empty promises and those words, you know. So I think they chose a great choice with using the cheating as well. Yeah. Well, anyway, Ian, middle fingers up, boy, bye. Yes, please. <laughs> so over at uh, Ted and Emmett's apartment, Emmett is working really hard to make prison not sound so bad. And Ted appreciates that he's trying to cheer him up, but he knows that basically his life is over. Um, yeah, so poor Ted, but good on Emmett for trying to be there for him. Yeah, yeah well, he was trying to actually encourage him, like, hey, it didn't look so bad in this, like, prison porn that I that No, I no, watched. no, it was actually really cute. I just yeah. thought that was hilarious. I died. <laughs> yeah. Die laughing. Well, there's a knock at the door, and Ted hides behind the couch. I don't think that's going to keep you from, from the coppers, Ted, but it turns out it's Melanie, and she says that the DA is willing to do a plea deal. He will have to plead guilty, but, um... It will not come with any jail time. And he says, well, how did you convince them? She says, I didn't. You must have friends in high places. And Ted says, well, you don't suppose Brian did it. And Emmett's like, oh, well, no. Well, don't be your skills of persuasion. You're very strong. (laughs) So Emmett knows the truth. But I love that he is encouraging. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. building up Ted in in this. And yeah, lets him think that it was that he did sway Brian into mm-hmm. doing this for him. But we and Emmett know the truth, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, so in addition to pleading guilty, Ted will have to pay a fine, and he'll have to shut down his website. So not all great news. That's terrible news, actually. He got to pay a fine and lose his damn um, livelihood? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. He can never be an accountant again, ever. No, I don't think he would make it going back to no, that world. No, never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Ben is getting dressed for Paul's memorial, and um, he slept on the couch because they had that uh, whole scene the night before, and um, and Michael was trying to talk to him, and Ben says, look, I'm already going to have a hard day. I'm going to be worried about having to see all of my friends with their cheeks sunken in and just all this stuff and just having to face these really harsh truths, and so Michael's understanding of that, but at the same time, he's not budging on his stance with with Ben which he shouldn't no he shouldn't no and he's and Ben tells him well I've decided to stop using the steroids they are counterproductive to my healing and he apologizes and Michael says that's great but you're apologizing for the wrong thing he wants him to apologize for saying that 
he wishes he was with someone who was positive because even if yeah hell. it was hurtful to Michael even if Ben had a valid point it was hurtful to to Michael and uh, Michael really has been putting in the work Ben says that that he wants Michael like no matter the other stuff like Michael is who who he um who he wants and he invites him to go to this thing. Uh, over at the diner, Brian is uh, very observant. He has got his eyes all over Justin because he recognizes that Justin is wearing the same outfit today that he was wearing yesterday. Yeah, why are you looking so hard, babe? <laughs> yeah, you memorizing my wardrobe? Let okay. me know something. Let me yeah, find out. Let you me seem, find out. You seem very invested. <laughs> uh, well, he asked Justin if there's a discordant note in love's tender refrain, and Justin's like, oh my gosh, leave me alone. <laughs> like, today is not today. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tells him that he did stay the night at Daphne's house. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think Brian can put two and two together to figure out what that might mean. Um, well, while he's sitting there at the counter at the diner, Ted comes over to sit next to him. And Brian is already super uncomfortable because thank yous and this kind of praise is not his, he's not very comfortable with that. Uh, well, Ted says, you know, I'll leave out all references to loyalty and friendship and responsibility. It, which I think he says those words because that's those are what, the words you would describe him as, right? But you can never do that to his face, yeah. and so he says, "I'll I'll forego all of that and just say thank you for saving my life." And uh, Brian gets up to leave, and he says, "Well, I didn't do it for you; I did it to protect my client." Which, sure, sure, dude. Okay. And even Ted says, "Oh yeah, of course. How could I be so pres- so presumptuous?" and he knows that Brian needs that buffer, that separation, because mm-hmm. he just doesn't handle that kind of thing. Well, which is very sad because it's like all this is tied back to his childhood and not mm-hmm. get, not having proper attachment, not getting proper praise and love and support and encouragement. And so, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't know how to accept it. Mm-hmm. Debbie and Justin overhear this and Debbie says to Justin, I'll never figure out why he does that when it's obvious that he just saved, just saved Ted and Justin recognizes that about yeah. about Brian. He knows that that's how Brian is, and I think, and he even knows and understands why Brian is is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like that because Debbie's been seeing him. She's not happy with Brian about this whole Stockwell thing. But the fact that she saw that she knew that he went to Stockwell, right, and did something. She don't know what he did, but something happened to save Ted from. I mean, this man was on the, the front, yeah, front sure, page. Yeah, for sure. They were making an example out of yeah. him. Not only Sockwell, but the DA, the judge. Yeah. Like, yeah. This was a done deal, basically. So, yeah. She knew. And I love that she also knows Brian can be an ass, but she knows that Brian did this and he right. saved him. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, back over with the girls. Melanie took another test and she calls out to Lindsay, don't worry about putting the bun in the oven because she already did that. She yeah. is pregnant. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so... We see Ted, and he's packing his studio, and Emmett is there helping him, and they find Fetch Dixon's old revolving bed back in storage, (laughs) and uh, Ted tells him that it retired when Emmett retired, and they do a farewell spin on the bed, and I like this scene. It's very, um, I can't think of the word, (laughs) Um, not nostalgic. I, I like this scene, too. What I love about their relationship is I love how fast this relationship had it moved yeah. only because they was friends. That's why it was able to move so quickly with them moving into a house together, you know, experiencing this and knowing how to stay together. It couldn't have happened to another couple. This would have destroyed them. So to see that it happened to them and how Emmett is there for his man, I, I love that aspect of it. I mean, yeah. like he stood by him all the way. I mean, mm-hmm. 100 percent 
by his man. And they're, they're losing a lot. I mean, he can't do the company no more. He got to pay a fine. He was in jail. His his face was all over the news. Right. You know, Everybody like, knows all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I was like, Emmett, it's, it's, it showed how, how, how good that relationship is. Emmett's a ride. You know what I'm saying? He a ride or die. And, and, and that's what it showcased to me. Yeah. And we see Ted break down in tears here because it's all just a lot. But also what he tells Emmett is the thing that upsets him the most is that they had to give up the house and Mm -hmm. he really wanted to give Emmett that and I love how Emmett deals with that situation he's like you know growing up we had a lot of tornadoes and basically I'm used to having to rebuild and he says we still have each other and together we'll be just fine so this is a perfect little um perfect moment that we get with the two of them also Mm -hmm. we find out that Ted's porn name would be Millicent Kensington yes (laughs) so Probably better that we went with buy that, that video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never would I buy that. Yeah. Then at Babylon, uh, Michael and Brian are there and they're celebrating the pregnancy with a Cuban cigar. Um, and Michael's a little nervous. He says that he doesn't think he can do it. He, can, he doesn't think he can be responsible for another human being. And Brian's like, ah, oh, it's easy. You know, the girls take over at the, after this part. Then you just have to show up for birthday parties and the occasional trip to the park. And, Michael says, well, I don't want to be a drop-in dad like you are. I want to pause right there because I, I don't think Brian really wanted to be, I mean, hit or miss. I don't think he that was the right wording. Yeah. You know what I'm that, that's not the right wording. No, because he wanted to be more involved. Yeah. But they told they him, told uh, him no, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. They made it Which, like whole... Michael, you better watch yourself while they tell you no, and thank you. And I was you. thinking like, damn, Brian, you're not going <laughs> to warn your boy because I'm male acting nice now. But the watch, watch her switch it up. She's going to definitely switch it up. And he ain't got the coin. You know, they come right, with the... Right, yeah. Brian, At least he, Brian come with the going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have no money, okay? Like, boy, you better hush on up. Yeah, well, so Brian tells him, you're going to be a great dad. It's like, you raised me and look how I turned out. And I like that comment because it's, it's a very Brian comment. Like, it's got a little bit of a joke behind it, but there's some truth to it, too, because in some ways, Michael did take on... A um a caretaker role for mm-hmm. for Brian. He didn't have that growing up, and so even though they were fourteen when he met Michael, still we saw it in season one. He was very much doing that. Even in season into season two, Michael did take on that caretaker role for him, and um and so I do think that he's sincere in what he's saying. But of course, he delivers it in a very Brian Kinney way. Right. Uh, so Brian goes off to the back room. I think he's had a lot of uh, enough emotions for, <laughs> for today from mm-hmm. Ted, and then Michael. So he goes off to the back room Get on and back uh there. yeah, he's trying to find him a spot and a person and he turns a corner and he sees Justin Taylor looking beautiful back in action under those blue lights. And, Girl. Uh, and at first it kind of takes him aback when he it sees took him me there. Aback. I yeah. was like, because we haven't seen Justin in the back room in forever. Yeah, he because the only the only time we've seen him in Babylon this season was when he went to confront Brian because that was it. This hasn't been his scene because he's been doing the whole Ian thing. Yep, the whole relationship. He's the homebody. That's it. Yeah, and uh, so they make eye contact with each other, and it's like sexy as hell. Yes, I love this. It's so charged with. A lot of sexual like tension, a lot of emotional tension. Like, it is so charged. When and- they used to fuck their tricks together, you know, Brian would have one, Justin would have one. They would always be looking at each other. Yeah. It was, it was, it gave me that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, oh, it was like old times. They, their eyes were connected. Like, they weren't, his trick was just, you know, feeling f- the physical form 
of what he was mind was thinking. Like he, yeah. he had he had they had each other. Right. They really did. And you know, I love the music here and part of the lyrics were like, I could please myself, but but I want you. And I think that's exactly what it was. Like I can be on my own or doing my own thing, or even I can be with this person, this trick that I'm with right now. Yeah. But really, I know that that I w- want you. And I think the fact that they're making eye contact means that they're letting each other see what's still between them. It's yep. a very honest and, and vulnerable, nonverbal communication that they're having in that scene. And I love that Justin never broke eye contact. Yeah. He, he kept it straight. Brian kept looking away, but it had to come back. Yeah, I think Brian is trying to look away to try to, you know, he's trying to find that strength to say, no, I'm I don't want him. You, yeah, I don't, I don't want, want him mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, I'm going to let him be him and let him grow and right. see if he can find I'm who he go- really is. I'm not going back there. Yeah. I didn't want a relationship to start with. I but got away from it. But no, he can't. <laughs> he yeah, just, that attraction is too it strong. It keeps pulling him back. Yeah. Uh, and so ultimately, he just kind of gives into it. And I think for Justin's part, it's an open invitation almost. You know, it's like letting him know, like, I'm with it if you're with it. <laughs> I'm with it. Yeah. I've missed it. Yeah, I have missed it. Yeah, but I just... I love that scene with the two of them. I think it's perfect uh, because Brian knows that, okay, if Justin's here in the back room, not just sitting at the bar at Woody's, no. he's here in the back room with a trick. I mean, it's it's rough on the home front. Right, because okay. he knew that the whole thing that Ethan was offering was monogamy. Yeah. And so this don't look like monogamy because that don't Justin, look like Ethan. He also know Justin would not have done that if if um if the, if the house wasn't rocky. You right. Know, the boat wasn't rocky already, so. Yeah, so... Oh yeah, they're communicating a whole a whole lot in yeah. in this scene. Nonverbal communication mm-hmm, at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they're so which, in sync. which they excel at. Yeah, they're in sync. <laughs> like I mean, yeah. for real, it was a really really good scene, and it was sexy as hell. But they didn't. That that scene was so fire and yeah. charged. You didn't need to see any skin right. or any of that. It was just that connection with that those eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, ooh, it was ooh, girl, yeah. It was hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have a couple questions for you. Do you think that Justin ever fell in love with Ethan? No, it goes back to, no, I think he was trying to convince himself that he was in love with Ethan. He was convincing himself this is the relationship that he was wanting. He's getting everything that, you know, he's need he's needing from it. Um, I think that he definitely cared for Ethan. Justin is a loving, caring person. He's always going to give his all. Um, you know, he's never going to try to, like, intentionally try to screw you over, I feel like. So, I feel like, yes, he has love for Ethan, you know. He cares for him deeply. Is he in love with him? No. Would he have done all the things he did for Brian in season one for Ethan? No, I don't I don't think mm-hmm. so. No, I definitely don't think so. Even the things that he's still doing for Brian in season three and just kind of going behind right. Ethan's back uh-huh. to, to do it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't think he did. I think so a different a difference is with, Ju- with Brian, Justin instantly fell in love with him. And I think... Just to a certain extent, I think he fell in love with him that first night. I really, I do believe that. Now, true love has to grow and blossom. You have to learn the people, and staying in love is harder than falling in love. I think. Yeah. But uh, so, but I think with with Ethan, it wasn't this love at first sight thing or love at first meeting thing. But it was a, you know, he was saying the right words and playing the right notes, and and there was just a draw to something different. But it was an opportunity to actually build a relationship mm-hmm. with Ethan. And so I think he was more so focused on that, like this, them building this relationship, building this life together. And so it was more about that. Mm-hmm. And then I think he was trusting that the love would come at some yeah, point. Yeah, that it would follow. Yeah. If all the work has been put into it, he'll see, he'll realize, and it's just going to happen. Yeah. But uh, 
Okay, so second question. Okay, multiple. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that they would have stayed together if Ethan didn't cheat? Um, no, because I think once his career would have taken off, like, you know, he was a smash hit. And then um, um, he's a smash hit. Even if, you know, he did not cheat, the fact that Justin couldn't just run up to him and give him a big kiss and a hug in front of everyone and really be himself... I think they would have worn on him a little bit. Yeah. And it would have, it would, Justin would have been nagging him because he feels a certain type of way. Ethan, and once he started getting real big success, he's not giving that up. Once no. you get a taste, you're not going to just give that up. So I feel like it, Ethan would have ended up leaving Justin because, you know, Justin would have made him choose. It, 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 he would make, he would not make him choose at this point in the game because you're getting started. But after a year or so, whatever the case, you always on the road and you're denying me, we can never really be out. Don't become famous now. Mm-hmm. Then we're never going to be out. I'm not going to be your secret. I'm not going to be your closet boy. So, no, I don't think that it would have worked unless Ethan would have gave that life up and then, you know. Well, yeah, I think it's that. I think the hiding and the closet and all of that, that's not who Justin is. And mm-hmm. so I don't think that he could have put up with that for too long. I also think the manipulation, I think Justin's smarter than that. And I think eventually he would be like, okay, I can't keep convincing myself that this ain't going on when I know that it is going on. Yeah. So I think that would have been an issue. And also just lifestyle-wise, like I was saying, he only has Daphne outside of outside of the Liberty Avenue gang and Ethan. He's not going to his usual places. And I don't feel like he was enjoying life as a whole as much. You he was know? just going through the motions. Right. And so it was okay because like he could go home and be with do his evenings with Ethan. But if Ethan's gonna be gone off on tour or whatever, then he won't even have that. And so I think this is a lifestyle that would not work for Justin for very long. And so I think ultimately something would have been like, no, okay, no, I can't do that anymore. I'm at my breaking point. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it, it wouldn't have lasted. It would not. I think I mean they gave it a good run. But yeah, mm-mm. in the long run, I didn't see it like multiple years or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I, um, well, we don't, I think it's safe to assume that they're done, but we'll see. Well, I think they're done. And I, I'm praying that they're done. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, for one, you know, he cheated already, boom, and he kept it from you. So it wasn't like, and he was know, trying to act like it was your fault yeah, or somebody else's fault or he, he couldn't help it. He blamed you. And then you got to see your ex. Clearly, you still got something left in there. Well, yeah, I was looking at each other. So, I mean, not saying you got to rush on back on over there. Right. But I think you need to go ahead and, like, be single for a minute. You haven't been single yet. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Be single for a minute and really see what you want. Same question to you guys, listeners out there. The same questions that Eshel asked me. Do you think Ethan and Justin would have made it if Ethan didn't cheat? You know what I'm saying? Answer that one. And do you think Justin ever truly fell in love with Ethan? There we go. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Oh, I have a I have a shout out right quick. Oh, so, go ahead, babe. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it's spelled M-A-N-U. Manu? I'm not sure. Manu? But this is one of our listeners from Brazil. Hey! And I just want to say hi. I said that we would send a shout out your way. Um, This is somebody that I communicate with on uh, Discord. So, well, hi, hey, Manu. Hi. way in Brazil. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. I mean, we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is the one who sent us the what if questions that we did. Oh, I love those questions. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, ooh, I love those questions. So, Manu, if you got more, come with them. Okay. Yes. I love those questions. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all you guys, you know, like we always say, let's keep it interactive. You know, we do this for you guys. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode. If you got any comments, um, you know how to reach us, guys. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or our Twitter. Or, you know, you can send us an email. 
Oh, one thing, don't put any spoilers on our Facebook page. That's the only social media of ours that can actually follow, so no uh, spoilers on our Facebook page. Okay, <laughs> you're just going to do all that. I am going to do all that, yeah. Uh, girl, you're so extra. Like, uh, <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. We love you, and like always, until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.